Welcome to the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor podcast, LaughBox. We have multiple hosts and multiple guests and multiple ways to think out of the box using humor. LaughBox is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com. Join us for episode 113 with Jim Bob Williams, Katie B, and special guest Megan Benson, the Doctor of Fun. Yay! Welcome to LaughBox, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I'm Jim Bob Williams. And I'm Katie B. And is there a doctor in the house? Well, today there is a doctor in the house. It's the Doctor of Fun, Megan Benson. Welcome. Thank you. What a warm welcome. I'm here. I'm here. All right. So for those of us who don't know you, tell us, how did you become the doctor of fun? Where did you get your PhD? (laughs) Well, I'm the founder of phonology, you know, so that's where I (laughs) got my PhD. P-H-U-N is what I like to call it. (laughs) Yeah, I worked. I actually worked in the medical industry for 14 years. I am not a real doctor (laughs) no i know say it ain't so um if they did give degrees for phonology i would certainly have it (laughs) right so (laughs) there you have it i became known in my industry we had to do a lot of trainings and events and i was always putting on these very memorable unique events because i noticed that some of the topic is very dry it's medical terminology and medicine and it's very boring and so in order to get people more engaged and paying attention i would gamify things or make it some kind of fun unique experience And uh, so I sort of became known for that. And so I was sort of dubbed the doctor of fun. (laughs) I love it. And it just stuck. Yeah. (laughs) And so tell us more about starting in the corporate world and your trajectory into what you're doing now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting journey because I was in corporate America for 25 years. And that's all I really knew. I mean, I followed what I was taught was the the standard path. You go to school, you go to college, and then you get a career. And so that's what I did. And I always worked for big companies and struggling my way up the ladder. And I was always trying to incorporate fun and make things different and be unique in that way, because I think that was just, I was just born that way. I grew up in a very loving, fun-filled family. We played games a lot. And so I think that was just always been in me. But in corporate America, it's not, I was mostly in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, I was told I would never get ahead, that I wasn't taken seriously, that I was unprofessional. And so it was frowned upon. And I, so I always thought that that was, you know, what was holding me back was my silliness and my just not taking things so seriously. And it's not that I didn't take my job seriously. And I did my job very well. But I think you can still do a good job, but with lightness and not be so serious all the time. 100% agree. Yes. A few years ago, right at the start of the pandemic, which (laughs) 
I didn't plan this, but that seemed to be the perfect time to leave. Looking back, I'm not sure that was the best time to start out on my own, but it's been a wonderful journey. And I had no idea that there was this world of play people. And I've been doing so much research and discovery into how beneficial this is. And I, it, I'll tell you, it feels so good. I feel justified. <laughs> I feel like I found my calling. Yes. So yes. feels good. Oh, that's wonderful. So when did you know that it was time to say adieu to the corporate world and strike out on your own? Well, I had been able to do some trainings and things that I was talking to you about where I would turn them into games and funify things is my term for it. I became sort of known in the company for doing that. And mm -hmm. they began seeing some of the value in that because I was getting into doors with customers that weren't using our products, but they just wanted to learn about leadership or customer service. And I had a fun training for that. And so they started flying me all over the country to do these trainings for other territories. And I was like, hey, we should create a position <laughs> where this is all I do. <laughs> They had other priorities, so that didn't happen. But I decided, you know, I'm going to try this on my own. And I was doing both for a while. I had one foot here and one foot here. And they knew that I was doing this on the side and we had an agreement about it. But it came to a point, probably after a year of trying to divide my attention, that I realized, okay, if I'm going to give this a fair shot, I need to jump. And <laughs> so I did with both feet. And it was the best decision I ever made. Absolutely. 100% uh, supported. Yes, you are by the universe <laughs> and by many humans. And yes, best decision. Agreed. Thank you. Yeah, I I agree too. Even though the last few years, it's been I've been a little all over the place. I feel like though in this last year, I've really found my lane. And from meeting so many great people like you guys and and so many other people in this world of play and fun, it's like I said, I feel like I finally figured out what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I think I've heard somebody Excellent. say, I felt like I graduated. I think I've heard multiple people in the last week in totally different contexts all say, because of this thing, I feel like I finally graduated, like graduated life. And it I seems like, like you're saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like an awakening because I think so many people just wander and feel like, what am I here for? And what's my purpose? And maybe they're in a job that's not very fulfilling or they haven't found the relationship that feeds their soul or their soulmate. And, and I was single for many years until I was 43. I didn't find my prince. And it's interesting because it was once I accepted that, once I realized and and fully embraced, like I loved being single. I was like, I'm going to be single forever. And I loved that. And not even a month later, boom, there he was <laughs> with my job too. I was just going uphill for so long, trying to figure out what it, there's got to be more. And it wasn't until I finally just took a leap of faith on myself that I woke up to that true purpose. Amazing. <laughs> well, it said it sometimes takes 20 years to become an overnight sensation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, the last year, anybody that goes to your webpage, the doctor of fun, <laughs> except no substitutions. When they say the list of services and products, mind blowing. 
How did you accumulate so much in relatively little time? I have been speaking in front of groups and training for many years under the corporate umbrella. And when I left, I had a fire under my butt. <laughs> I, st <laughs> I still do because it's this awakening, you know? And so I feel like I can't do enough. I can't be enough. I can't talk to enough people in a day. I wake up at like 4.30 in the morning. And let me tell you this, I was never a morning person, ever. Ever. And when I had my job, I, oh, I dreaded mornings. And my husband, my family knew, do not talk to me. Do not look at me. Like I need at least two hours before I engage in the world. And now I wake up full of energy and excitement. And I think it just speaks volumes to when you have a purpose and a mission, everything changes. But it's so funny that you say that because I feel like I can't get enough done in a day. <laughs> Yeah, but it's all passion. And hey, Megan, what are five benefits that everyone can get from humor and fun? Okay. I mean, there are so many more than five, but we'll just start there because I think that there's a lot of uh, misperception around fun. It's looked at as silly, frivolous, a waste of time for kids, something you earn, something that you save for the end. So when you're having fun, you're releasing mood enhancing chemicals in your brain, right? And so your mood is improved. <laughs> there's number one. <laughs> One. <laughs> it also will actually see, I like to get into the neuroscience behind what's happening because there are so many wonderful things that happen in our brains and our bodies. So it will actually trigger neural connectivity. So you're making new connections in your brain. You're creating new signals. Stress is a killer. Like it will actually kill brain cells when you're negative And when you're stressed out, you kill brain cells. So when you're having fun, you're actually creating new connections. Okay. Let's see. There's cognitive, there's emotional benefits, right? Because when you are having fun, it lowers your defenses. You know, you can admit mistakes easier. You're not afraid to contribute in a way that maybe you might feel self-conscious, but when people are laughing and having fun together, it's easier to contribute to that. So that would be three. <laughs> Social bonding. I mean, laughter unites. Laughter is a universal language. Laughter is the same in any language. And so it's bonding. It brings people together. So that would be number four. Number five, and I think this one is so huge, it reduces the stress hormone cortisol by 23%. Mm. That is freaking huge. So for people that pay attention to statistics and things like that, that is a huge, and just from a round of laughter. And I mean, there's so many more because it will increase your productivity and your focus and make you more innovative and creative. And I mean, I could go on and on, but there you go. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten. Okay. <laughs> so you are self-taught. I guess you could say that. I think when I was in corporate America and there's a lot of seriousness and especially the industry that I was in, the healthcare industry, medicine, it's a serious business. I think bringing in the fun aspect and especially bringing people together, I would have to bring clients together that didn't know each other. I would be facilitating events that people were coming and expecting to be bored, really, <laughs> because the topic isn't exciting. And so I, I love the element of surprise. I love the element of being able to make people laugh together and 
When people would come to my events, they would recognize each other from the last event. They knew if they came to a Megan event, it was going to be a memorable experience and something unique. And so I've always sort of had that gift. But now that I'm in this world of play, I mean, there's so many people that I follow and inspired by. I am a constant learner. And let's let's dive into play because fun and play are different, right? I mean, yeah. some of the effects yeah. are the yes. same, uh-huh. but they're they're sort of different activities. Can you yes. talk a little bit about play? Well, so I guess my definition of play is when you disconnect completely. So you are doing something maybe that is not work-related at all. So it might be even just skipping around your house. I would consider that play. Doing an extracurricular activity, kind of like what your inner child, you know, like those types of activities, blowing bubbles, coloring with crayons, doing things that we mostly think are kid-centered activities. And it's probably so much more expansive than that. Like I said, I come from this corporate background where that's what's hammered into your brain, that playtime is when you're not productive. I empathize immensely. I went through your world, but more in the chemical industry and the waste Mm. treatment industry. It is amazing. I was helped by a book called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Oh my gosh. Have you heard of it? No, but I want to. (laughs) Okay. Orbiting the Giant Hairball is by Gordon McKenzie. Okay. The subtitle of the book is A Corporate Fool's Guide to Surviving with Grace. Gordon McKenzie worked for Hallmark at a time when Hallmark was cards. When you yeah. went to a Hallmark store, it was rack, rack, rack cards, a little bit of little bit, itty bitty section in the back that might have gifts or something like that. He introduced the idea of other products to them. And pretty soon the other products, the decoration items, the figurines, would really rescued the corporation. Because today, if you walk into a Hallmark store, cards are maybe 10 to 20% of the floor space and the rest of it is there. Right. But he, he recognized that he was a creative and he needed the structure of an organization because otherwise he'd go off on his creative fugues. And he'd never balance his checkbook. He'd never get health insurance or anything like that. So he had this spirit of fun, which put him orbiting the corporate hairball. The hairball was the structure. It was a center of mass. And he was able to thrive just by orbiting it because he was able to exercise his creativity to help the corporation. And it put him in odds sometimes with the MBAs, the serious people. I'm sure. They recognized they needed him. And so he invented his own corporate title. He had his own office. And I was so inspired by that when I read it. You can survive within a corporation if you'll maintain the proper perspective of where you begin and where the corporation begins. And it's a wonderful book. It's an inspiration. And it's, like I said, I'm glad to find somebody else that's been through that. Yeah, that, that, that world. Yeah. And I mean, I'll have to check out that book. It sounds right up my alley. And and just to co- go back to that sort of difference between fun and play, from my perspective, but I'm sure there's many perspectives on this, but I think that you can make unfun things fun. And like, to me, fun is an attitude, okay? A lot of people think of fun as like, all of a sudden, it's this spontaneous thing. And now we're just laughing and not caring and having a grand old time and loud and let's throw a party kind of thing. In my opinion, I think that fun is an attitude and you can apply fun to anything. Life and the world right now are really heavy. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of divide. There's a lot of hate out there and there's a lot of just rudeness and there's a lot of tough stuff that we have to deal with as people. No one is above dealing with some kind of 
family drama, some kind of something tough. And you can let that tear you down and crush you or worried to death about it. We have to deal with it anyway. So we can deal with it with a little levity and a little lightness and have a lighter attitude about it. It doesn't mean that we don't take these things seriously, but we can handle it a little lighter. And to me, that's what fun is, being able to apply this attitude of lightness to every area of your life. Tell us about some of your current projects. So I have a few different things going on right now. We just launched a game show. I like to call it a personal development game show. (laughs) Uh, There are no prizes. The prize that you get is all the benefits. So we actually combine neuroscience and phonology. And all of the games and the questions are designed to promote mental health and wellness for the players and the viewers, actually. So we just launched, we have a recurring segment on a piece of an ABC show, but the full length episodes of the game show air on my YouTube channel, which is get in the game show on YouTube, all one word, get in the game basically is my way of it's like we get to play this game of life one time. And so you got to get off the sidelines and get in the game and not take it too seriously, you know, but lighten up and make it fun. And so that is the that's the game show. Anybody can apply to be a contestant on the show. It's a team based game. There's two teams. And then we've got probably 13 or 14 different games that we play that again, are all based based on neuroscience and phonology. And you don't even really realize it's happening. You're just there playing a game. But while you're playing, all of these wonderful things are happening inside your brain and your body to make you a better person. (laughs) You you don't make people fly out to Culver City, California to be in the game, right? Oh my gosh. No, that's what's so cool about it. It's totally virtual. Just like right now, like I have this nice top on, but I'm wearing sweatpants. (laughs) So you can come in your sweatpants and play this game. It's a hundred percent virtual. And if you don't want to actually be a contestant, you could actually be a member of our virtual studio audience because we also have a virtual studio audience. And I think Jim, Bob, you've been in the audience before, haven't you? Yes, Yes, I have. You have. And Katie B, you've been a contestant on the show. I have. I'm so excited. It's so fun. I just have to say, everybody should do it. It's so fun. Either an audience member or a contestant. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea and platform. Thank you. And that is, again, the whole purpose is just to spread some more laughter and joy in the world. Yes. And you're very good at it. And now you have more things happening than the game show. Ways to help support the game show. What kind? And you've got things coming up in October. Tell us. Yes. Yes. So right now I have, it's called a fun shop. It's not a workshop. It's a fun shop (laughs) because we have plenty of work out there. So this is just a 90 minute little event where I'm going to teach you fun, unique, out of the box, creative ways to make all of the unfun things in your life more fun. And we cover every area of life, 90 minutes. So that is, I wanted to offer your listeners a complimentary ticket to come and play with us at the fun shop so they can go to the doctoroffun.com to get their free ticket. All right. And what type of person should be looking to participate in a fun shop? Anyone that's looking to have some more fun in their life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. If you're feeling stress, if you're in a relationship and you feel like it's just not as fun as it used to be, or maybe you haven't found the right relationship yet. And how do you attract that person and health and fitness? If you're not where you want to be with your health and fitness goals, I have so many hacks in every area of your life to help make those unfun things more fun. And Jim Bob has a question. He asks everyone that we must... Put on the table. Okay. I'm ready. So the question is this, based upon what you teach, how you live, what do you want somebody to remember about fun on any given Thursday? We go through Thursdays. Thursday's just another day of the week, and it's got all its hassles and slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. What do you want people to remember about fun? You know what? I just want people to lighten up because I think people take themselves too seriously. They take so many different areas of their life too seriously. They let things weigh on them and, and weigh them down. And so I just want people to lighten up. And to look at the world in a lighter way, I want them to smile and laugh and spread that because that's contagious and we need it so much right now. And there's so many benefits as we talked about earlier. So that's what I want people to do. (laughs) Lighten up, people. Do you remember um, Norman Cousins? This, yeah, so- Exactly. I mean, it's so funny because- There's a gentleman, Dr. Stuart Brown, he started the National Institute for Play. He's 90 years old. I recently got to interview him and he is still just raring to go, spreading the message of fun. And I think that there's a lot to that, right? So as we get older, it's even more important to keep that attitude of latitude is what I call it, where you don't take everything so seriously. You find things to make you laugh because you're never too old to laugh. Like every one of us is going to grow old. And there's so many things that people have to deal with, whether it's illness or just getting old, financial things or addictions. There's there's a lot of heavy stuff that we have to deal with. And I want to talk about the fact that your whole family is in this show with you. How That's in the right. world? I love yeah. it. So your husband, your mom, your sister, anybody else mm-hmm. we don't know about in the background? Yeah, my brother, he hasn't made an appearance yet. My brother is blind and has Asperger's syndrome. He is one of the brightest kids you'll ever meet. He has so much information in his brain. And so I thought it'd be fun to bring him on to ask some question like he's real into musical artists and movies and things and he knows stuff that (laughs) he just pulls it out. That's that's the Asperger's. I want to bring him on to ask a question. Yeah, my sister's the stage manager. My mom is the timekeeper. My husband is the scorekeeper. And it's a family show. So it's it's great. It's really great. Thank you. Love how you did that. Thank you. One thing puzzles me. What's up? How come we never, we of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, how come our Venn diagrams have never overlapped before? Because it's- It's overlapping. It is now. I know. And I think, again, Jim Bob, like I said, I was in corporate America (laughs) (laughs) for a long time. I just recently discovered this world of play this year, this year. I mean, I quit my job three years ago. I was on a few different paths trying to find my footing. And I I didn't realize that this was a thing. (laughs) So I would love to get more involved in your world and the different conferences and organizations and groups, because I had no idea. 
I had no idea. And it just thrills me beyond belief that this <laughs> exists. Oh, there's a lot too. And uh, the world laughter champion is on her way to Europe and India right now on a world tour. What? And, yeah. And, and I need to put you two together too. World laughter champion. How do you get that title? Well, Carla H. Brown is a joy coach and a grief yogi and a laughter yogi. Last year, she was the American laughter champion. And this year she won again, American laughter, and it put her in the world competition and she beat everyone else. So she's on her way to the world laughter conference in India with Dr. Kataria and she'll be a keynote speaker there and she's on tour. She'll be no all over way. The place. Okay. So yeah. wait a minute. She, so how do you become champion from laughing? Yeah. You, you do a number of different laughter exercises on zoom with people oh around God. the world that represent each country. And so oh. I think she won in most contagious laughter Last year, for sure, she won in most diabolical laughter. And I think I've got to year... hear this woman's laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> Julie yeah. Ostro, also in AATH. And actually, she's, she's also a previous uh, world laughter champion. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, currently a corporate trainer. So nice. I cannot get over this. See, this is this is what I love about the world I'm in now. I had no idea. This is what they beat out of you in corporate America. Yeah. That this is That's right. Yeah. We've got a lot of work to do, you guys. I know. Yeah. Let me share with you too that on my tour, I've been I've been in Native American reservations and started to offer uh anti-bullying campaigns using laughter yoga and improv Ugh. and I'll be in Chicago October 28th for Job Corps which is a residential trade school they specifically asked for laughter yoga during suicide prevention week oh my and gosh so I'm going in there to do that I think what happens in the world I mean people look at fun and play as frivolous and extracurricular and a waste of time and all that stuff. And this is the cross that we bear, right? This is the the uphill battle and the challenge because the issues that we are taking on, I guess, for lack of a better term, suicide, bullying, depression, anxiety, burnout, serious things that happen. Nobody is above, like I said earlier, no one's above dealing with stuff. And these are super important things. And this, what we're doing helps so much and makes such a big difference. There's so much data out there that shows this. It drives me nuts that it's, it's just starting to come in. The laughter yogis like me are so excited to find out that the neurologists are just starting to publish that simulated laughter is exactly the same as, as real laughter, mm -hmm. that the same benefits are coming from it. I know you speak about that too. Yeah. It's and in one of our games. It's yeah. That's right. It's even just a fake um, smile, your right. muscles, it, it triggers the same sort of release in your brain. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it's just starting to come in scientifically, I think, in a, in a place where it's reaching so many more people. Yeah. And ironically, if you're skeptical about it and you laugh, ha, you're actually treating yourself. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Very good, Jim Bob. <laughs> 
and watch out world because on my tour uh, it's september 28th by the way not october i made that mistake i'm about to get to jim bob's house and we're going to tag team approaching some people about doing some of this work and it came out of a teacher friend of mine telling me that the elementary school kids over the summer are inheriting their parents' judgments and bullying each other based on politics and things that they shouldn't have anything to do with. So I work work on getting the body feeling of a compliment with laughter and other things to help us embody the goodness so that then you know what you're looking for in terms of what feels good and what doesn't. That's so important. That just hurts my heart to when you hear stuff like that, because, and that's where it all begins. When a lot of the problems, quote unquote, that many of us have now as adults stem from things that happened in our childhood. And so I just think that's that's wonderful, KDB, because, yeah, these poor kids today, I can't even imagine being a child in today's world, the stuff they're having to deal with and think about and make decisions on. It's just crazy. Megan, hmm. any last thoughts before we get into your how people can contact you and where they can find you? Would you like to share anything else? I think I just want to reiterate one more time. It's not just about having a good time. This is so much more important than that. It goes so much deeper than that because we're talking about literally saving lives, really, and making a difference, making an impact with all of the things going on that people have to deal with, with depression and anxiety and bullying and suicide and addiction and abuse. And there's a lot of heaviness and divide in the world. And so this isn't about, hey, let's forget all that and have a good time. No, that's not what this is about. When we allow ourselves to handle these things lighter and to be nicer to each other and to appreciate each other and to be forgiving and to have gratitude and all of these things that make you feel good with all of these heavy things. It's so important that the real way to get serious results is to get serious about fun because that is, it's like the key to happiness. If we make these really tough things lighter to deal with. And I think a lot of it has to do with just treating each other better, allowing that acceptance and gratitude and appreciation. And it's just about putting a smile on your face and realizing that we're all just here trying to, we're just trying to survive this life. So instead of trying to survive, you know, we could thrive. That's why we're here. We're here. It's, we're supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to be full of life and happiness. And I just want to say we're on this little marble all together, flying through space. We don't know why we don't know anything. All these constructs have been made to tell us how we're supposed to be, but in reality, We're just a bunch of ants on a marble flying around. (laughs) And I love what you said about it's not just a good time. Bringing up joy and bringing up trying to be happy, making an effort to work in that direction. A lot of people think, oh, you're avoiding your problems. Yeah. And that's not the case. No. And that's that's exactly the point that I'm trying to make here. So thank you for putting that in a nutshell, because really... It's what will allow us to be able to handle all of these things. It doesn't mean we ignore our problems. It means that we can handle them that much better. That's right. And that we get the good times because if we spend all our time in the difficult, we're destroying our bodies. We're destroying ourselves. And so 
it's about this is actually so good on so many levels and accepting the difficult. Sure. My brother, who's seven years older than me, on one of our trips, I found he was complaining over and over and over about everything. Okay. And it was really sucking the joy out of the trip. Yes. Uh, so I, I stumbled across a, a thank you. Thank you, Amazon Music, because I stumbled across a greatest hits of the 70s playlist. And I played that. And he was humming along. Yeah. He was singing. He said, you know, because, you know, when he was listening to that music, he was back at the Air Force. It was it brought back memories of, of what he was doing back in those days. And, and, and for me, it ended the complaints. And yeah, I like the music anyway. <laughs> That's such a, I know, music is hugely important to, I mean, it can change your mood in a heartbeat. It, it can take you back. So many benefits to music. Did you know that if you were to add up the total amount of time within a day that you complain, you know, and it doesn't have to be all in a row. It's just, if you complain a little bit here, a little bit there, after just 30 collective minutes of negativity or complaining, you suffer brain damage. God, 30 collective minutes, not 30, 30 collective minutes, minutes in a row. 30 no. collective minutes. Oh. 30 collective minutes just from listening to someone complain for 30 collective minutes also can cause damage or just listening to someone complain for 30 minutes can also cause negative effect on your brain function. I will okay, say. Although cable news in general. Right, because they spend all this time TV. speculating on the negative. Yeah. You know, that's another piece of advice that I would have is stop watching the news. <laughs> because, I mean, sure, it's important to uh, know what's going on in the world. But I used to work in the media. I worked in the media for many years. And there's so much more going on in the world that's positive than all of the negative stuff yeah. that is talked about on the news. So find yeah. the positive stuff. Be very aware of what you let in because it, that is what affects us, you know, on a daily basis. And we're just constantly taking in this negativity. It just breeds more negativity. That's right. We could ramble yeah. for a while. I know. I know. <laughs> we could go on and on about it because it is. It's so it's so important. And I feel like it's so misunderstood. So I'm, I'm so grateful to both of you, you know, for the work that you do and for inviting me here to be part of it. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to have you. So <laughs> famous. She's on the <laughs> She's such a big lady. <laughs> so happy to have you here with us, little old us. <laughs> oh, that's so silly. And I, I have to say that it's not me. It's the message. That's yeah. what I love because ABC found the message important enough to put it, you know, where they did, which is yeah. huge, I think. So. Yeah. Next to William Shatner. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> So, so funny. Where do we, Jim Bob, why don't you, Jim Bob, where do we find her? All right. We've already mentioned the doctorofun.com. We've already mentioned the Get in the Game Show YouTube channel. Megan, what other what other ways can people get in contact with you? Okay, we know that people can go to the internet and all the cool kids are just typing in the doctorofun.com, not using all oh, those old prefixes like HTTP and www or whatever 
just don't need it. go straight to the doctorofun.com or or to the YouTube channel, Get in the Game Show. Uh, how else can people get in contact with you? I am all over social media. So I'm on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And of course, the YouTube channel. So the doctor of fun, just look for the doctor of fun and you'll find me. But I love posting all kinds of silly stuff to make you laugh, bring a smile to your day, little tips and tricks to make unfun things fun. So come find me. And do participate in a fun shop as soon as you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially if you've got a free entry, check out the show notes. In the show notes, follow the fun shop link for your free ticket to the fun shop. Yay. Yay! Come play. <laughs> All right. So again, with grateful thanks from the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, this has been Laugh Box with Dr. Megan Benson, the doctor of fun. <laughs> Yay. Yay! Thank you so much, Thank you guys. You. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for episode 113 with Megan Benson, the Doctor of Fun, Jim Bob Williams, and Katie B. Thank you very much. Then Laugh Box, brought to you by the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Laugh Box is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com. And we'll see you next time.